Hi, it's Maureen Spielman. Welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. You are not going to want to miss today's episode with Susie Lula. Susie is a spiritual therapist and an amazing wisdom teacher. If you don't follow her yet, well, you're in for a treat. Susie is going to dive into the topic of worth and talk about how it's something that we are all born with. It's inherent in us, to us, and how we're often guided away from it based on our own experiences and through culture's expectations. She'll also take us on a guided process to meet our worthy inner child and also offer practical everyday ways you can honor your inner worth and apply the miracle balm of compassion to all of your experiences. So listen in. It's going to be amazing. Hi, I'm Maureen Spielman, and this is Mystical Sisterhood. I'm a soul care coach and lifelong learner committed to creating conscious conversations around joy and healing. Each week, I'll host healers, intuitives, and other courageous women doing the necessary work of reclaiming our worthiness, honoring our intuition, and letting the light in so we can more clearly see the light in others and ourselves. My intention is to plant the seeds that lead to insights and revelations for you, the listener. Please join me in building this global magical sisterhood. And thanks for being here. Hello and welcome to Mystical Sisterhood. I'm Maureen Spielman and I'm here today talking with Susie Lula. Susie is a spiritual therapist and premier wisdom teacher in the field of spiritual psychology with over 20 years of working with clients all over the world. Susie is not only a seasoned therapist, she has a full library of courses, including, but not limited to, Healing the Heart of the Inner Child, Learning the Language of Self-Compassion, and Worthy. I'd have to say that each and every one of Susie's courses works together, creating a beautiful tapestry of learnings and skills that a student can take away and apply to their lives. Uh, they just are so intertwined, Susie. I love this about your work, everything you do. Susie is also a spiritual therapist and on the board at the Agape International Spiritual Center in Los Angeles. And is, as if this weren't enough, she is also the best-selling author of The Motherhood Evolution, How Thriving Mothers Raise Thriving Children. If you are an exhausted mom who has put yourself to the side and feel exhausted or overwhelmed, Pick this book up to learn how to replenish and nourish your soul. And in addition, really big, I know in your life right now, Susie, is that you launched your very first certification in January of 2022, and it's been such a, an immense successful year for you with this. And so that's something I want to talk about today with the um, launch of your second collective. But welcome, Susie. I consider you my dynamic, wise, multi-dimensional teacher. I am so honored to have you in my life, and I really couldn't be more excited to have you as my first guest kicking off this podcast. My intention for the podcast is joy, healing, and community, and I really believe you're a master of all three of those things. So let me just say, today we had decided on the topic of worth and compassion, and hoping that our listeners walk away with a new understanding of their inherent worthiness and practical takeaways to meet those places inside. But before we dive into the topics, I want the audience to know a little bit more about you. You have your master's 
in spiritual psychology, which was totally something I didn't even know about from University of Santa Monica. And can you tell the listeners how you got into the field, what attracted you to it, and just anything that's relevant there? Hmm, Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so proud of you, and I'm so excited for you because when I heard the term mystical sisterhood that you're using as your topic and your podcast title, I just think, wow, this world, aren't we all as women just longing for a mystical sisterhood? So it's just delightful. And I'm, I'm just so happy to be mm-hmm. getting to be with you in any, any which way. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Really supportive of what you're doing. I think it's really needed. And many, many, many women now have a mystical sisterhood. So yeah. what's better than that? I love that. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. So what, um, what drew me? Well, first of all, when I heard the words spiritual psychology, boom, that I, I was done. Spiritual psychology. So I was raised in a, let's just say, less than functional family. Maybe listeners can relate. Uh, my family of origin was not, you know, the most functional of environments, very dysfunctional, very toxic environment. And I was always really, really longing to have a deeper connection with my mom. I really just wanted an emotional connection. I wanted that bond. I wanted to her to I wanted her to approve of me. I just wanted to feel seen and loved and accepted as I was. And there was so much chaos and turmoil. And um, so that wasn't happening. But what ultimately led me to the world of spiritual psychology is that even as a really young child, I, I felt like my environment was chaotic and very dark but I could always see this little flicker of like how my family could be. Mm. I always wanted us to go to therapy as a family. I think we went one time, did not go well. Um, But I could always see a potential and a possibility of, of what could be in our family. So I was a journaler, even when I was young, even as a teenager, I learned to meditate when I was a teenager. So I think I've always been hungry for it. But that little flicker is now that I look back, obviously, as an adult and someone who is just passionate about this entire field of, of marrying spirituality and psychology. I recognize that there was a potential in my family. There's a potential in every family. There's a potential in every single one of us when you are talking about worth. And so that's what really drew me to it. I think my own pain and my own desire to find that light and to have that, that little flicker, how to fan that flicker till it becomes like a full on flame and you are actually living in the light, you know, of your own consciousness. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And it reminds me of some of your teachings around how as children, we're born into the light, we are light, we have this just gold and pristineness within us. And so you knew the way you described yourself as a young girl, you knew and then for a lot of people that does get buried, but you were able to I feel like you're saying, keep that alive somehow. And just, you had a knowing of what that bigger vision and picture was for your family, but also just following that thread that your life was putting out for you. 
Exactly. And I love when you were describing earlier, when you use the word worth, you said inherent worth. And I do always try to put those two words together to remind us that it is something that is encoded within us. And I don't want to give out the wrong impression because let me tell you, there were many, many, many years that it felt like that light was, that little flicker was completely extinguished. And I felt lost for a good bit of my teenage years, for sure. I, I really felt lost. And I think that that is what's so important for all of us to remember that that flicker isn't only there if we can see it, if we can follow the thread, the flicker is there even in the moments when you do feel lost and you are feeling at a loss and you feel consumed by the chaos or the darkness, which I did for many years, you know? And when you use the word inherent, inherent worth, it is true when you think of, I always use this example, when you think of any child, you know, younger than the age of probably four, three, a child is just so enamored with themselves, really. <laughs> they're, they're, they live in their own universe and they're so delighted in themselves. And they're so embodied and present and they take up their own space and they say what they want as they want it. And I think that we all, in fact, I know that we all come onto this earth very connected to our sense of worth. And then we are taught through culture, family of origin, we move away from it. And I think our adult life is that journey back home to ourselves, the journey to remember and to recall and to recover, you know, that light in our soul self. And oh my gosh, I'm living this life, but I'm actually a spiritual being living this life. I'm actually a really powerful being. I'm, I am joy. Like you said, your intention here is joy. I am a joyful being. I, this is who yeah. I authentically am. And to find our way back to that, nothing more powerful. And when you uh, are working with your clients or when you're talking to individuals about this do you find that when you begin to use this language that that I so wish would have been taught to me as a young girl and even as I look at the needs of humanity out there right now that it is is such needed language it's such a soft place to fall but it also leads us back to truth and it just um I feel is so expansive, but when you, when you offer this to your clients, I feel like they must begin to have a sort of awakening. Yeah. I think the thing that I hear most might surprise everyone. I think the thing that I hear most is, oh my gosh, I want this so much. I'm hungry for this. I want to be self-compassionate. I want to feel that I'm worthy and deserving but how in the world do I do that? Like I, people will say to me, I hear you telling me like, be compassionate with yourself. And I want that, but I have no idea what that actually is. And so I think the journey begins by what we talk about often, which is, and what you just said, we aren't taught this language. We're raised in a family and or a culture that 
is all about the doing. It's all about the achieving. It's all about the success. It's all about the outer. It's a rather harsh language, you know, achievement and how many followers and what degrees and how many this and it, how much money do you make and what zip code do you live in? How many cars do you have? And what's the make and model? Then are you married? And how many kids do you have? And what schools do they go to? I mean, it is just- uh, It's exhausting. You know, it's exhausting. <laughs> and we don't realize how exhausting it is, but that's the language. I mean, I'm being dramatic when I'm sharing it, but that is the language. You know, our kids are in college, one of yours, and, you know, um, we share different things and I hear, oh, where's he going? What's he studying? And what we aren't taught, yeah. what what we don't share in our communications with each other is like, how are you doing today? How's Will doing in his college search? Or how are you feeling? And what's happening in your marriage? And do you feel connected to your husband? Yeah. Do you feel connected to your child? This, the softer, like you're saying, the language of the heart, the language of our being, the language that we all actually really want to speak yeah. to each other yeah. is yeah. missing. I think that's why I like, you know, mystical sisterhood. It's yeah. like, that's the language I think we all want to be speaking to each other. Sure, it's great to talk about where our kids are going to school or, you know, what classes, what they're interested. That's it's wonderful. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying yeah. that this other language, mm. how really are you today? And yeah. how can I really hear you in a deep way? And and that reminds me, it, it brings me back to that idea that if it were seated with our children, then even with that, the concept of feeling worthy, it's through that connection that our worthiness can grow and bloom, it feels like. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And for any of your listeners who are parents, you know, that was such a huge intention of mine how to assist Will to stay connected to his sense of worth, knowing that he would be being brought up in a world that is going to specifically encourage him to define his worth by external yes. circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so how to assist him. And if you think of even yourself, any of you listeners, if you think of yourself, you have been indoctrinated to think of your own sense of worth externally. Yes. Are you married? Do you have children? Where did you go to school? It's all external. How much do you weigh? What yes. size clothes do you wear? How many wrinkles? <laughs> you know, it's so external. And even asking ourselves, how do we move from being externally indoctrinated on a daily basis mm -hmm. to and, and we're inundated, we live in a world that's externally focused, how do we find our own sense of worth and our, you know, come back to our own sense of worth? Absolutely. Yes. I really appreciate that because I think those things can be lost on us sometimes. How many outer ways we may be defining our worth, not because we intentionally meant to, but because it's in the ethers, it's in our culture. It's, and so- um, is there a time in people's lives where they begin to almost like crack open and begin to, to get to this place of like, oh, wow, you know, I, I never even thought about worthiness before. I think typically it comes from painful experiences. Mm -hmm. 
think painful experiences often wake us up. I don't know how many of your listeners, even right now, are going through something painful, vulnerable, sensitive. You might be feeling fragile, tender. You might even feel like you're having to be very protected in your life. You know, maybe you're in a relationship that isn't going well and whatever is going on, maybe you're seeing pain in your child or suffering in someone else in your world. Often that can be a real awakener. And that paradox is that we're so taught to try to resist the darkness because it's so uncomfortable to sit with. And yet it is often through something that's really painful that helps us to realize oh, I've been measuring myself Mm -hmm. by, you know, barometers that aren't really serving me. And I'm more interested now in living a life that is authentic to me. You know, in one of my classes, we were just talking the other day about a book called the, I want to say the six regrets of the dying. And the first regret of someone who's passing on is that they didn't live their life according to their own authenticity and they regret that. Yeah. So I think whether a listener right now, all of you mystical sisters, (laughs) um, are, are peeps, whether you are going through something challenging or whether you aren't, we don't want to get to the end of our life and go, my gosh, I measured myself and I regret that that I didn't take it on, how can I give my own sense self that sense of worth from the inside out before, you know, too much more of our life passes. We're here. Yeah. I love that. I love that, that, you know, nugget from the book, but also it's bringing the outer to the inner and we don't have to wait for that huge painful event that right. many of us do go through and it does awaken us in certain ways, but we don't have to wait for that moment. And that's such a beautiful reason why bringing a topic to this audience is so important because just by seeding the questions alone and how we, what our relationship is with our inner self, that's a that's one that if you would have asked me two years ago, I would have said, what are you talking about? Like relationship with myself? Are you kidding me? But everything you're saying is around how do we go from the outer cultured um, and even the way you started, you lived in a home that brought all these things to you and found your way back to what your center was, what your authentic self had to say, what it was here to express. But I love that kind of the way you're talking today, going from the outer to the inner. Exactly. And how how do we get there? (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, would you be willing to like do a deep dive with me? Maybe, maybe we can literally do a practice right now because I'm sure a lot of people are asking, okay, this sounds really great. How in the heck do I do it? I love that. Yeah. yeah, Let's just do a practice Mm -hmm. right in this moment. But I'll say just before we do it, you know, what you're saying reminds me also that the very things in the external world that perhaps you were judged four are sometimes the very things that are your greatest gifts. Like for instance, one of the, excuse me, biggest pains I recall was that I was always, always told that I was too sensitive. Yeah. 
And I am a really sensitive individual and I have come to know that every one of us on planet earth is actually very sensitive because we're spiritual beings. We're, I love we're that. Yeah. Beings. You think of a young child, they're so sensitive. They, they touch the grass and they're delighted and just their feet on the grass, you know, and they look at a flower for a really long time. So for me, the very thing that I was judged as has become one of the very biggest things that I revolve my life around working with individuals and being yeah. sensitive to their needs, you know, and to listen deeply and to have that deep sense of compassion. But let's do it. Let's, let's dive in. Let's go. Okay. So assuming that you're not driving and anyone, if it feels right to you, you can close your eyes, but if it doesn't, you can keep your eyes wide, spank and open. So either way is fine. If it feels right to you, you can put your hand on your heart. And if that doesn't feel right to you, that's perfectly fine. I do it just as a way, as Maureen is saying, to move us from the external into the internal, mm -hmm. from our mind to our heart. So I touch it so that I'm helping myself to go, okay, this is where I want to reside, in my own heart. And I'm just wondering, would you be willing, just willing, to imagine who you were when you were three years old. Every one of us was three years old at one time, four years old, two years old. Some of you may not remember. Some of you, when you think of yourself as two, three, four, there was already a lot of pain in your life. Some of you might not even remember it, but just imagine. It doesn't even have to be accurate. Imagine even better and you are a three-year-old. You barely have been on planet Earth. And you're innocent. You're innocent. You're just looking at the light around you. You're just looking at the trees around you. Maybe I've never seen an ocean before. You don't even know what the sand feels like in your toes. But you are new to planet Earth. You're new. You're inquisitive, you're curious, everything feels like light. And so just imagine yourself, who are you? What are your innate qualities? Were you very sensitive? See yourself as innocent. Who are you when you see your most innocent self? Were you a little firecracker and you came in and you had things to say and people to meet and things to do. Maybe you were busy, busy, busy because you have a lot of light and a lot of life you got to share and give. Maybe you were very quiet and you are there to draw people in. You're the, you're the person that everybody comes to. Who were you? Because when you were little, you knew exactly who you were and what you were here to bring and share and contribute. Just take this moment, be willing, maybe just one quality about yourself, maybe just one that has been lost. That just because you're listening to this podcast today, you are going to reconnect with it and bring it with you for the rest of the day, the rest of the week, the rest of the month, and the rest of your life. And then whenever you're ready, just gently open your eyes if they were closed. Hmm. Anything come to you, Maureen? Well, thank you. 
so much for taking me through that experience. And I can't wait to hear what listeners came up with, what came to them. I feel like I could see the truth of who I was Mm -hmm. when you suggested, can you imagine yourself at this age? That feels really full of possibilities. It feels like it was really drawing out who is my truth se- true self and that's that's the woman i don't know if you'd say the woman the girl who i'm getting back to i guess the soul that i'm getting back to and i really appreciated just taking me through that because i can see myself almost uh, you talk a lot about seeing yourself in a higher consciousness from a mountaintop place that visualization visioning helps me see myself in sort of a new expanded way. Yeah. I love that, that you saw the truth of who you were, that even now as a woman, you are getting back to. So the way that we do this practice is we do recognize, you know, 24 seven, we're inundated from the outer world, but this moment, hopefully this moment is precious And then you can protect this moment. And now you're connected with this part of you. And I too can't wait to hear, you know, I'd love to hear what listeners are. It's always so amazing to me how when we simply take a moment, that was maybe three minutes, you know, it wasn't very much time at all. You could do something like that when you're doing the dishes, when you're doing the laundry, you're vacuuming, you know, it doesn't need to be something that takes hours at a time. It's setting a particular inner tone. That's why I like to place my hand on my heart because I want to be intentional about inviting these places. Like I want to reconnect with these places so that they are the parts of me that lead. They are the parts of me that I radiate. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested what your listeners, it'll be yes. here. Yeah. Um, just that one little kernel, that one little seed, like you're saying, and then you hold it close to you and you talk to it. You talk and have conversations and dialogues and you build upon that and you maybe have the courage to, you know, I can remember when I first started having the courage in my family to own my own sensitivity, where it had been judged. I I felt the judgment coming at me, but I started to radiate and I started to take ownership that actually, yeah, you guys are right. The, The part you're inaccurate about is judging it. But the part that you're right about is like, I am really sensitive. And you know what? I kind of think that's cool in me. And I've moved from judging it myself to tiptoeing in to being willing to radiate it a little bit out into the world till now I feel like it's my dang superpower. You know, my sensitivity is my superpower. I even put it in my official bio. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like I'm going to put that quality of being into something that's a resume, a doing, because I'm proud of it because it is who I am. And when I'm on my deathbed moving on, it's like, I, I'm not going to look so much at what, you know, trophy was on my bookshelf as much as like, was I sensitive? Was I compassionate? Did I treat others with kindness? Was I wise? You know, those Mm -hmm. are the things that I think all of us 
I think all of us want to be seen and all of us want to feel connected, like in a sisterhood. Yes. Yes. And uh, I appreciate all of that. And it's like, I feel like there could be a picture of you and then all these words around you that you use that they're not just words. They're going back to the language of the universe and how you, whether it's divinity or worthiness or uh, compassion, self-compassion. And what I really feel like, even when you painted that picture for the listeners um, around the visioning of our small child, it is filled with compassion and in, in kind of like I called it softness before, but it's a really compassionate container to hold yourself in. And that's that it, I've heard you say before, compassion is a bridge. I forget how you said that exactly, but it's a bridge. And I know it's a bridge to my heart, but I feel like it's a bridge. If you can talk to the listeners a little bit about cultivating compassion within and what that means to you. Absolutely. So I'll tell you the easiest way to do that. I'll just stay with this quality of sensitivity since I happen to be talking about it. But for those of you listening, just use your own quality. Maybe you're wanting to remember yourself as abundant. Maybe you're wanting to remember yourself as worthy or deserving or enough or compassionate or shiny, sparkly. Maybe you're wanting to reconnect with your sparkly self because you've been feeling really dark lately. So whatever it is that rings true for you, I'll go with sensitivity. But here's the way, the easiest way to connect with yourself and cultivate compassion. And I do say that compassion is the portal to healing. When you can have self-compassion, you heal, period, right? So the easiest way to do it, so I'll walk you through it. So in my world, I was teased and judged and criticized. Oh, you're so sensitive. Oh, of course you're moving out to Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you're moving to Los Angeles, right? You're so sensitive. So imagine, so take whatever happened with you, whatever little thing you've put away in your back pocket, work with that. Now, who would I have been? Who would you have been, Maureen? Who would you as a listener have been if instead of having that judgment all my life, someone had seen me and said little by little all my life, you know, wow, you're so beautiful. Your sensitivity the way that you are able to give your full attention and presence to the person in front of you, like, wow, that's so beautiful. Wow, what a great friend you are. I really love the way that you're willing to give your friends, you know, hours of your time. I really love the way that you're able to forgive your friends and and see their, you know, we're all imperfect or just making it up. But what if my that quality of sensitivity, what if it had been honored instead of judged? Oh, wow. Yes, I, I, the sky would be the limit. The sky would be the limit, yeah. right? I wouldn't have taken 10 years to go find <laughs> it again, you know, right? The sky would be the limit. So that right there is self-compassion. What if, so all of you can imagine, what if, who would you have been? What would someone have been saying to you if they would have been honoring your gifts rather than judging your gifts? And whatever that would have sounded like for you becomes your self-compassionate voice. Hmm. So 
had I been hearing, oh my gosh, you know, you're really sensitive and you really, you really care about your friends. You know, when I was a teenager, let's say, wow, you really care about them. And it's, it's beautiful to witness how you're so accepting of other people or, wow, I really notice how you seem to be the one that everybody calls you. And that's such a lovely quality. So what I wasn't hearing, but I know would have helped me now I say that to myself. You say that to yourself. That becomes your inner dialogue. That's how you create a language of fluency of self-compassion. Now, now I'm not a little girl anymore. So that happened. Now it's incumbent upon me to provide this for me. It was an unmet need before, but now I'm going to give that to myself. So for me. I'm vacuuming and I go, wow, Susie, you know, really cool that, you know, I really like the kind of person I am where I just couldn't wait to come give Maureen this time and be on mm -hmm. her show for her and, and champion her podcast. I can't wait. I can't wait to share it everywhere. Wow. That's so cool. I like that. I'm a champion of other people. Now, I say one little tangential comment on that is just we women have been taught. Oh, that sounds so arrogant. Because even in my mind, I'm like, right. oh, that sounds a little yes. arrogant to be going <laughs> vacuuming. I'm vacuuming. Going, I really like this about myself, you know? And yet, it's not arrogant. It's true. It's that is a quality in me. And why, as women, don't we say, I really like this about myself? I really claim this about myself. I really take ownership. I step into this. I, I want to be empowered. I want to integrate this. I want to, because the more that I see my light, the more I can celebrate your light, the yes. more I can yes. celebrate another sister's light. When I can see yes. my light, I can see everybody's light. So we sometimes and, and want to see our own light and then we diminish it by saying, oh, I hope that doesn't sound too arrogant. Apologize for it, you know? But yes. if it's something that's truthful about you, own it, dang sister. Like, own it, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And so what I hear you saying is that it's a practice. It's, it is something that we learn. And what you're saying is it's so full of, you know, a lot of people say those words, infinite possibilities, but it really is for ourselves because- also, I've heard you say compassion is medicine for the soul. And so when you, you're giving yourself, these aren't just like vacant words. This isn't just talk. It's actual, it carries a resonant energy, it feels like. And when we apply it to ourselves and really be by our side, it feels like in the way that we wanted to have someone be by ourselves, it's not just a practice. It's actually a very effective one that gives ourself messaging that we are worth it to circle back, that we are worth being heard. We are worth celebrating the qualities that we came onto this earth to share. And it's just, it kind of comes out of us then exponentially. The, I feel like the more dedicated our practice becomes. Exactly. And it is, it's just what you said. It's a practice. And I like to say it's a way of life because every one of us is going to do some version of like either dusting our furniture, making dinner tonight, doing our laundry, whatever it is, showing up for work, um, driving in our car, maybe to get back and forth to work, picking up our kids, whatever is the outer 
world, we always have an inner world going on. And we do have dominion over how we are going to treat ourselves. And you're right. I do always say self-compassion is medicine for Mm -hmm. the soul. It is only medicine that our soul is longing out for. When you have compassion for yourself, when you see yourself, when you are interested in connecting with yourself, whether you're driving to pick up your kids from school, whether you're making dinner, you know, whatever it is in your world, maybe you're walking in to do a presentation, you're gonna be asking for a promotion, whatever it is that's going on in your world, how you are being with yourself is the part that you have dominion over. That is that is practically the only part of life. I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow, but I do know that I have dominion over the way that I'm going to choose to treat myself. And I do believe that at the beginning, it, I have so much compassion for people because it can feel like mm-hmm. an uphill journey when you haven't really... It's like going to Russia if you don't even know the Russian alphabet. It can feel very overwhelming if you're an English speaking person. So English is my first language. And if I show up in Russia and I don't even recognize the alphabet on a sign to tell me to go right or left, you know, it, it can be daunting. So we, we have to have a lot of compassion because we're entering into a new language, but that's the, the power of a sisterhood too, you know, keep listening to the next week's podcast and each thing, each thing, builds on the one before. That's how we practice and continue to empower yourself by, I mean, it's simple, really continue to say kind things to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's a commitment to yourself. And if it feels like it's out of reach when you begin, it's just the willingness to begin to be open to learn the language and the patience and the kindness and the compassion as you do, because you will. And then there's the opportunity. So that brings to mind, I really wanted to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners today about your soul care coaching certification. Mm -hmm. You launched it last January to a really great collective of individuals, both men and women alike. And it has coaching in the uh, title, but I, the way I see it is that people came to the soul care coaching certification, both to maybe apply skills to their coaching practices, but then you had people that were just coming for healing for maybe curiosity. They didn't know what was going to occur, but say more about soul care coaching certification. I just feel like it's such a beautiful Um, opportunity for people to come study with you and learn the wisdom teachings and just immerse themselves in growing and transforming. Thank you. And I have to thank you first and foremost, because you are one of the main reasons that it exists on planet earth, because you just were such a tremendous cheerleader for me and encourager for me. And you did so much of the legwork to help me really materialize it. So I'm, uh, thank you know, you. forever yeah, indebted and grateful um, to you for being a real sister and a real supporter. Mm-hmm. 
you know? And that's what we have now. It launched last January and we still meet every single week because we've just created this community where we can't get enough of each other. And um, so, yeah, so let me say a little bit about it. So it's called Soul Care Certification, Training in the Art and Practice of Spiritual Psychology. I always say, if you, if you are a coach, a therapist, someone in the mental health profession, if you are an educator, and if you're a mom, if you want deeper connection with your children, if you want a deeper connection with your partner, your spouse, I always say that your greatest credential is your own transformation. So we often hear, you know, as a mom, I have a teenage son now, I didn't get a manual on how the heck to really create an, a real intimate connected relationship with him. So what we do in this course, it's five months and it's a deep dive. And what we do is we systematically go through what I call the spiral of transformation. And I take everyone through these practices that when applied to yourself and then those around you, be it your client, be it your child, be it your partner, you learn systematically how to deeply listen to yourself how to really sit with painful emotions so that you don't have to shop or have a glass of wine or, you know, in any way externalize that, project that, but how to really sit with your own past pain, past hurts, recover those places inside of yourself that are lost, that want to be found, how to do that. We touched upon little moments of it today, but it's a deep dive into really learning this language of how to be so present and compassionate and really learn the skills and practices to recover these places inside of you. And then, as you said, then to, by doing so, you begin to heal that and you begin to reconnect with your gifts, your light, mm -hmm what it is we all came here with a destiny and we're all wanting to live on purpose we're here for such a short amount of time we want to live on purpose we want to have deep meaningful connected relationships with our children with our family with ourselves and so then we move into this spiral the part of the spiral that that really reconnects you with your destiny with your purpose with your dharma and i don't mean necessarily some grandiose thing. Yes, it will make you for certain uh, a more effective coach, a more effective therapist, and it will make you a more effective mom with your child, a more connected, you will experience deep intimacy and meaning in your world. So it's systematically taking us through this, what I call the spiral of transformation over a five week, a five month, excuse me, period. And it's an internal deep dive and mm -hmm. it is a community of like-hearted individuals like you just can't even believe the support. There's small group support. There's dyad support. You can dive in as shallow or as deeply as you want, but there is tremendous support. So like, for instance, Maureen just went through and you're also a coach in your own right. And so the, that group of people will then be mentors. So you'll have individual yes. mentors, small group mentors, dyad mentors. So there's a lot of outer support. 
Yes. Yeah. It's so beautiful because it brings in the 20 plus years of experience you've had, how you have refined everything you've taken in and learned those years. And just it, it's just the most beautiful compilation of your work, uh, which I just think is so pristine. So if there's any listeners out there that want to look into partaking in this soul care coaching certification that launches in January, I'm going to have Susie tell you where you can find her. And really, I can't more highly recommend that you take part of it because I will tell you that the people that came to this first collective, I would be surprised if not every single one of them said that it was life-changing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that we will be lifelong friends, you know, because it's such a like-minded community. So if anyone's interested, you can go to Susie at SusieLula.com or Susie at SusieLula.com is my email. You can go to SusieLula.com and it's S-U-Z-I-L-U-L-A, all the information's there, but reach out to me and I'm happy to talk to anyone, happy to connect them to anyone who's already taken the course if you're interested it's really, you know, to me, we all want to experience deep intimacy and deep compassion and feel like our life has meaning. And most of the world treats us as though we're not a spiritual being. We're just in this world. And so I think the combination of recognizing that we are a spiritual being, you know, even in therapy and coaching, we can leave out this entire dimension of our being, that we're spiritual beings. And even in parenting, we get so sucked into grades and activities and behaviors, and we want desperately the connection, but we don't have the practices that give us the connection that we're yearning for, starting inwardly with ourselves you know, self-judgment, self-criticism, self-shame, and how to transform that into self-compassion, self-support, self-advocacy, a self-voice, you know? So there's, there's so much spiraling from the inside yes. out, out into all of your relationships. So would, I'd love to talk to anyone about it. And um, it's pretty I great guess. work. I mm. love that. I will drop all your social media right. and your website in the show notes. And also, yeah, if there's any listeners that want to talk to coaches that have gone through and individuals that have gone through, I know you offer that up as well. So please reach out to Susie. And Susie, it's been just such a pleasure to have you today. I think that just to kick off mystical sisterhood, talking about these beautiful topics, worth, compassion, the qualities you want to live by, rediscovering, rec reclaiming yourself, and knowing some pre everyday practical uh, ways that we can come to ourselves, but also things that you can do to follow up to even grow this knowledge more is so beneficial. Exactly. So thank you so much for having me. Like I said, I'm your biggest supporter. I'm your biggest okay. cheerleader. I think it's so needed. And um, I just can't wait to see how your sisterhood grows too. You know, it's, yes. it's very yeah. needed. And um, I love what you're doing. And thank you so much for having me. I'm also honored to get to kick it off with you. I know. Thank you so much, Susie. And just to finish today, if there's anything shared here that lifted or resonated the listeners, 
I'd be so honored if you'd head over to iTunes and leave a review. This helps other people discover this sort of magical thinking, bringing us into another realm, new ways of seeing things. And it would mean so much to me. And in the meantime, this is Maureen Spielman and this is Mystical Sisterhood. And thank you, Susie. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Mystical Sisterhood. If you like what you heard, please visit iTunes or wherever you listen to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And I'd be so honored if you have time to leave a review. To find out more about my work, visit www.maureenspielman.com and download the five daily practices I can't live without. See you in the next episode.